Welcome to the Student Transitions Podcast. I'm Scott Morrow, Associate Director of Strategy for the Florida Consortium. Each month we take on a different topic and sele- that we select to discuss and dive into different aspects of student transition. This podcast is produced by the Florida Consortium of Metropolitan Research Universities, whose membership includes Florida International University, the University of Central Florida, and the University of South Florida. We're also supported through a generous gift from Helios Education Foundation. So let's get started as I introduce our executive director, Michael Preston. Thanks, Scott. I'm Michael Preston. I'm the executive director of the Florida Consortium and host of the Student Transitions podcast. We're excited this week for our new topic, which is the FUSE program at the University of South Florida with our guest, Dr. Faye Howard of the University of South Florida. Dr. Howard is the assistant dean for transition and academic growth in undergraduate studies and student success at USF, and is a member of our consortium, Transfer Success Network. Faye's been a good friend of mine for a few years now, and we're excited to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Faye. Are you staying cool? It's really, really hot this uh, time of year here in Florida. I am, and thank you for having me, Michael. And I love the heat. I don't mind a little humidity at all. It may sound odd, but I actually welcome the warm weather. As uh, I believe we'll talk a little bit about my past and where I've lived, I can tell you I love snow when it's on the television, and that's about it. I think I'd join you in that feeling. Uh, I'm more of a Miami Heat fan than necessarily a Florida Heat fan, but, you know, uh, I'll, take, I'll take a nice hot day, though, especially if I'm going to the beach, which we have plenty of beautiful beaches here in Florida. So uh, I, I guess we're, we're lucky to call this place home. Um, so, so I'm going to just jump right on in, uh, Faye, and, and just ask you the first obvious question, and, and that's to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your work at USF, and maybe how you got into this uh, career field in, in terms of like your career history and uh, trajectory. Sure. Thank you for asking. I can't really dive into the career without giving you just a little bit of information about my own journey. So I am a first-generation college graduate, and I must say that going to college really was transformational for me. I am a true believer in the power of education and knowledge, and in particular, how our lived experiences impact the opportunities that we have. And so education really opened up another world for me and gave me the language and understanding to really put words in place for some of the things that I was seeing in my own community and some of the things that I had experienced on my own. And while I was in undergrad, I had some wonderful people, faculty members, and what we now know as support staff that really just poured into me and gave me just a wonderful experience. So I left my undergraduate experience knowing that that was something that I wanted to do for others. And I ended up going to graduate school just because of the experience that I had with a faculty member who, you know, pulled me aside and said, have you ever thought about graduate school? And have you ever thought about going to some of these places? I think this will be a good fit for you. And um, left school thinking, you know what, I'm going to be a professor. And when I went to graduate school, I realized that through a teaching assistantship, I really enjoyed working with students 
outside of the classroom more so than being in the classroom. So I was um, a teaching assistant for one of the largest freshman courses that, uh, and it was human sexuality. And lots and lots of freshmen would take that course. And I was the graduate assistant for that course. And it was a 300 lecture hall. And the students who would find their way to me to talk about their exams and just overall how things were going and how I could support them, it just was transformational for me. And I said, you know what, I want to do this. So from there, I, um, you know, pursued a, a graduate education and ended up getting a master's degree. And uh, during that time, also started to work in the private sector as well, because while I was working in higher education, you, you, we didn't do it for the money. I don't think anybody starts out doing it for the money uh, most of the time, because this type of work is just rewarding in other ways. And I stepped out to work in the, the private sector to make a little money to buy a home. Uh, but fast forward to my career in higher education, it's been about 20 years. And um, I was employed at Virginia Commonwealth University for quite some time. And the position I held there when I left was the director in the dean's office for humanities and sciences and very much focused on academic advising, policy and process on how to support students through graduation and persistence from freshman year all the way through. And when I moved on from there, I went to Edinburgh University, which is in the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education. And the last position that I held there before I made the transition was the assistant vice president for student success. And in that role, I had a much more holistic responsibility of looking at the student journey and making sure that students receive the services that they needed to be successful in the classroom and outside of the classroom. And in that role, I reported to the provost and worked a great deal with the state on the initiatives that we were doing in the realm of student success. And although I enjoyed that work, as I alluded to earlier, the cold just got the better of me and I um, <laughs> decided I wanted to move on to where there were literally greener pastures. And this position at the University of South Florida was available and I applied and went through the interview process. And I have been in this role. Uh, it will be five years in, in just a, a few short months. And in this role, as you mentioned before, I'm the Assistant Dean for Transition and Academic Growth and I'm still working in the student success arena with a high focus on transfer students, uh, pre-collegiate programming, still working from the state perspective with the initiatives that come from the Board of Governors and how that impacts the work that we do and ensuring that I implement anything that comes from them that has to do with the areas that I oversee. And then of course, making all the great connections in the state for example, the work that uh, we've been able to do with a consortium. But the, the common denominator, I would say, even in my undergraduate journey and in my professional life has been the dedication to education, the dedication to students, the transformative experience that truly can occur when students are supported and the right systems 
are in place and people are in place and all of the other things that we can go on to name. Because for me, at the end of the day, it's about providing individuals with opportunities. And for me, education is truly a significant stepping stone to allow people to have opportunities to improve not only their life, but the lives of their family. So just a true academic in the sense of really believing in the power of education and and what it can do to transform minds and lives. That's fantastic. And uh, like yourself, I'm a first-generation college student myself. I wonder if we did a study, the percentage of first-gen students who get turned on to going into student affairs or faculty roles because college can be that transformative. Mm -hmm. I bet it's pretty high. I think so. Yeah, that just seems like a, a natural uh, fit there. So uh, you work a lot with transfer students, and, and that's part of what this podcast is all about, these kind of student transition points, and being a transfer student is certainly one of them. Uh, what gets you excited about working with transfer students in this part of your career? So in this role and at this level in my career, I don't have nearly as much face time and to be honest, it's, it's very little face time with actual students in a one-on-one capacity. You know, moving into the administrative role, you really look at things uh, very much in a way that focuses on structure, policy, process, that holistic view, putting those things in place so that students are successful. But I can tell you that when I do get the opportunity to spend some time with a student or go to a student event or participate in student events like I've been able to do this week, it, it's as if you get to experience it again, what it's like to start at a new institution, the opportunities that lie ahead. And you really, for me, it's just uh, the ability to make sure that my team and those who are here to support that journey um, for all the students that start here through the transfer experience, that, you know, that process is as smooth as possible. And we already know that there's, you know, significant barriers uh, that sometimes exist. And we just want to make sure that we do the best to remove those and get them in a place where they're feeling confident and providing them with the resources that they need so that they can do the job that they came here to do, and that was to graduate with a bachelor's degree. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, help them uh, stay on track to where uh, they're graduating in the same amount of time, generally, that are kind of starting at USF students do. Um, yes. You know, we, we, we always want to call them, like, either FTICs, because, but, you know, I'm like, I often think a lot of transfer students are FTICs. I mean, it's their first time in college, but, you know, either way. I agree. I agree. We certainly want to also make sure that they're graduating at a comparable rate, if not the same exact rate, of students who happen to start here, uh, perhaps right out of high school. I agree. Right. Right. So you're not a Florida lifer. You just went over some of the places that you've been uh, around the country and. Um, I'd love to know uh, from your perspective, how do these states different uh, are different and, and differ in their work with transfer students or maybe some of the policies there from what we do here in Florida? Um, you know, have you noticed any big differences? So, Michael, that's a really good question. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm very much a, a higher ed nerd. So as you may, I know you're aware of this, the each year, 
we get a report on what states are giving the highest amount of funding to higher education. So it's public knowledge, so I feel okay in talking about this. When I was in Virginia working at Virginia Commonwealth University, at that time, they were in the top 10. I don't know if they've moved. I imagine they're probably still around the same area or even improved or moved on up. So they were in the top 10 for states in the country that contributed to higher education, public higher education. And I will say that was really my first public, my first experience working in higher education for a significant amount of time in a role for a while. I also worked at a community college while I was in Virginia at uh, J. Sargent Reynolds, but the overwhelming majority was spent at Virginia Commonwealth University. And then, as I mentioned earlier, I moved to Edinburgh University. And during that time when I was there, on that list, they were either last or second to last for states that invested money in higher education. And as you know, the Northeast and and many parts of that area, the population for high school students just has significantly dropped over the last couple of decades. And as we all know, there is quite the migration from people who live in the Northeast uh, that actually travel to the South and to the west, west, um, Western states as well. But we do have a pretty large migration of Northeast individuals who end up moving down South, many to Florida, as a matter of fact. And I can tell you just comparing those two that I noticed the significant difference in what we were able to do with the budgets that we had. And, you know, there's, there's plenty that you can do without funding, but you also have limitations in the work that you're able to do and the services you're able to provide and that extended reach when you don't have the funding to do that. So I would say from my perspective, I certainly noticed that the difference in funding and how that impacts the work that is able to be done with students. And, you know, when I made my move here, I I was really intentional, again, about making sure I went to a state, first that was warm, but also I wanted to move to a state that found the significance in investing in higher education. And Florida is typically at the very top, in the top three, of states that invest in higher ed. So I knew that I wanted to move here. And my PhD is in public policy and administration. It's from uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, the L. Douglas Wilder School of Government and Public Policy, a a great program that I have to uh, tout a little bit, a top 50 program in the nation. And I was very intentional about choosing that program instead of a traditional education program or um, some of the the typical EDD programs that you would find for those of us who work in higher education administration or student affairs or in the student success realm. Because I noticed when I was working in Virginia, and I'm a, a product of the public school system, and I realized how much of an impact your government, your, your state government has on the educational resources that you receive through K through 20, frankly. Uh, but then, of course, my focus was in higher education and just how that impacts the strategic plan of the university, just what 
the areas of focus are and the things that you're able to do. And so I knew that with funding, it never comes, you know, just here's the money, go do what you want. There's accountability there. And, you know, you can make a, an argument for or, or against. But I think the fact that Florida invests a great deal of money into higher education, comparing the, Florida to other states, and the accountability that we have, you know, with performance-based funding, I think for me that was some of the biggest differences that I noticed working in three different states in public higher education. And one of the things that I think made the biggest impression upon me was how the public feels about the worth of a college degree. And I Mm -hmm. think that that was something that I wanted to get into an environment where it was recognized that the value of a college degree is significant and even more significant for marginalized and minority populations. I think COVID is a really good example of what has occurred in not just the nation, but even if you just want to look at our state, the impact of those who were able to be okay and how it impacted others, whether it was in illness or the ability to continue their work because of the type of work that they had. And and that's the thing that um, I think sometimes we forget. And I, and I know that there's a, a counter argument that, you know, college isn't for everyone. And, and my my counter to that is post some type of credentialing is for everyone. A, a high school right, degree is right. not going to get it. And in times of difficulties, those that are okay are the ones who have the education, have the uh, professions where we're able to weather the storm because we had the ability to, to have savings and things like that. And and as a someone who went to school and studied sociology for my undergrad and my master's degree, all of that stuff makes a difference. And I, I think I appreciated the fact that this state invested a good deal of money into higher ed. And, and I won't say that there was any difference in the work as far as the people caring for and doing the support work and as much as possible, but there were significant limitations that just frankly always come with funding. There's things that you can do with a certain amount of money and there's things that you can't do when you don't have it. I like the saying, you know, money isn't everything, but it is if you don't have it. Exactly. Well, and I tell you, it's uh, one of those uh, areas where uh, you can't hire new people with zero dollars. Uh, and, and as your institution grows and your needs grow, you have to be able to find the people power to to make that grow. And so, well, let's let's turn real quick uh, here to the to the Fuse program. Um, can you talk a little bit about Fuse and uh, that kind of student transition model that you have at USF? and how that has an impact on transfer success? Sure, so the FUSE program is a graduation program for students who are at one of our eight partner Florida College System schools. Our partner schools are Hillsborough Community College, St. Petersburg College, College of Central Florida, Pasco Hernando State College, Polk State College, Santa Fe College, South Florida State College, and the State College of Florida. So each one of these institutions has a program with us where students are able to attend, earn their AA, and have a seamless transfer to the University of South Florida. And one of the 
unique things about the FUSE program that I think sets us apart from similar programs in the state and even in the nation is that it's built upon the framework of anticipatory socialization. So that I explained to you a little earlier, you know, I have that sociology background and Merton, Robert K. Merton, who is one of, regarded as one of the founding fathers of sociology, he coined this term. And it really is about preparing people for the next stage and for that next transition, whatever they've identified that as, and really modeling that behavior of where they want to be and immersing them in situations that are very similar to the place they plan to be in the future. And I think that that's what FUSE does in many ways because students who start in the FUSE program at one of those eight partner institutions can very much feel like a USF bull. We provide many services to them that they can come on campus and receive or receive virtually if they're not able to attend, such as participating in our career services, uh, getting academic advising from actual USF staff members, uh, Pre-pandemic, we were regularly going to our partner institutions so that the students there can meet with our advisors. They engage with activities here on campus. We have a special orientation for them, outreach to students who are in the FUSE program, different events that we have. I know right before the pandemic hit, we had a really great barbecue where we had some of our current students who were in the FUSE program and some that were in a pipeline at our partner school where we got them on campus at the park that's right here close to campus so it really is about building that community so that when students transfer they don't feel like oh I'm a new student and I've never been on this campus and I'm not quite sure where things are and then the other unique piece to this that I like to talk about is our FUSE graduation pathways a huge part of that academic journey for transfer students, uh, probably a significant part of that, is understanding and knowing what courses students need to take while they're at the Florida College System School, and then exactly what they need to take when they get to USF. And our graduation pathways just lays out that entire plan. It's eight semesters that outlines what a student is going to take, for example, at uh, Hillsborough Community College. So if they start at HCC, we outline what their semesters look like there and on that same sheet they'll see what courses they will begin to take when they transfer here all the way through graduation and I think that that's something that we were able to fill it was a gap where there may have been some ambiguity as to what students had to take uh, but I think those fused graduation pathways really paints a very clear picture for the students in that program. Oh absolutely as, as soon as students know where they need to go to accomplish that task, the, the finish line becomes much more clearer uh, for them uh, because they know, hey, uh, my third year, I should be in these five classes. And if I do that, I'm right on target to graduate. So that's, that's fantastic. Now, uh, do all transfer students qualify for FUSE or is it a specialized program? What, what's um, some unique aspects of FUSE maybe compared to some of the other um, matriculation agreements or articulation agreements? That's a really good question, Michael. So FUSE is not for every student, and we talk about that. And, and you don't want to have a program that is supposed to be for all students because all students aren't the same. Sure. So, so this program is really for individual students who are able to complete in a designated amount of time. And so for our students who typically decide to go to the community college first, perhaps they may need to go part-time 
So this program wouldn't be for them. It doesn't mean that they're not able to transfer to USF and, and still take the courses necessary for transfer, but this program is geared and for students who are able to go full-time, uh, students who are interested in one of the programs that we offer. So FUSE does not have every single academic program and every baccalaureate degree program at USF. So we were very clear about making sure we picked the programs that uh, many of our transfer students were interested in by looking at some of our historical data and then also looking at programs that would meet the needs of Tampa Bay and our region and our state. So for example, our most recent major and and a graduation pathway that we are putting together is in supply chain. So we can certainly attest just going through COVID how important it is to have educated people who understand supply chain and who can contribute to improving supply chain, not only here, but globally as well. So we respond to the needs of what is needed in Florida and then also what's needed in our nation as well. So we don't have every major. We, we look at the ones that make the most sense to add and the ones that will meet the needs of the community and the ones that have demand as well. So you perhaps you want to pursue a major and it's not part of the FUSE program. So that would mean that, you know, this program isn't for you. And one of the things that I like to talk about as well is that many of our students purposefully chose to attend one of the eight partner schools for various reasons, whether it was, you know, just life happens and the need to be home or closer to home, the lower cost, but students choose to start there first and then transfer to USF. I, I like to dispel the rumor sometime when, when uh, I have conversations and they say, what's so great we have the FUSE program. You know, when students don't get in, they can go to the FUSE program. That's absolutely true that uh, any student who is not admitted as a freshman can go through the, F the FUSE program, but that's not the overwhelming majority of our students. It isn't students who didn't meet the academic rigor that we require of our freshman students. For various reasons, uh, they decided to start at a Florida system school before moving on to USF. And then, of course, for transfer students who are unsure about where they want to transfer, of course, they wouldn't want to go into the FUSE program because this is for students who absolutely are sure about wanting to be a USF bull. And so if you're not quite certain, maybe this isn't the path for you. That's a great point. You certainly don't want to, um, if you want some choices to lock yourself in uh, to one particular choice. But uh, for those that are ready, it sounds like the FUSE, is, uh, FUSE program is a great choice uh, for them and their families. You know, I, I've got a, a theory that students get smarter as time goes on, it's just a natural evolution of things. And, and when you think about how um, smart uh, a lot of our students are making these purchasing decisions when it comes to their college experience, uh, I'm really excited about programs like FUSE because it allows for a, a really bright uh, student who, you know, I know USF wants to get their, their horns on them, if we want to use the right term there. Uh, but, uh, you know, they could save, you know, 25 or 30 percent off the ticket cost uh, by attending Hillsborough Community College. And, and nowadays with inflation and everything else, that's a, that's a great um, financial decision for many of these students. Absolutely. And, you know, I think about long term as well. You know, and we already have discovered that many students who have recently graduated or those who are in their 30s have decided to delay purchasing homes and starting families because the amount of debt they have from college. So I, I think for many people, it's just a, a wise decision, a financial decision to cut the cost, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. So... 
So, you know, being a transfer student, uh, well, being a student in general can be a scary thing. I've got my own kid in college right now, and she calls me quite often worried about this, that, or the other because uh, she's going through some different transitions. Um, but, you know, for transfer students, we often like to even call it something. We, we give it a name. It's called transfer shock, um, which, by the way, I'm not a big fan of, but, you know, we're just going to call it by what folks tend to know what it is. Um, how does USF work with your state college partners to reduce transfer shock so that students are ready to go? So um, I want to answer your question and then I want to come back to it uh, just a little bit if I can. Sure. Absolutely. I'm in agreement with you that that's the, the name that is recognized in the field. And it really refers to the dip in GPA that our transfer students typically tend to experience when they transfer to an institution after receiving their AA or receiving a significant amount of credits before transfer. So we know something is happening because of that dip in in GPA. Also, it goes right back up that second semester. So we're really clear that there's something going on there in that first semester of transfer. So one of the major things that the University of South Florida did was to establish an office of transfer student success. And I think that just having that office sends a very clear message to the transfer population that there is a home for you here. There are staff members who are dedicated to ensuring that we meet your unique needs. I know that the transfer office is very proactive in outreach. They provide resources for transfer students and get transfer students connected with others who have gone before them. You know, we can do a great deal to help students, but there's still nothing quite like what happens when students are able to help other students. Uh, so we do provide those type of services as well. We have unique programming and clubs that are just for transfer students, uh, such as Tau Sigma, our transfer honors program, which uh, we're all very proud of here. And we continue to have increased numbers every semester in our induction ceremony. And the, and the students are just so bright that are on our executive board. So overall, I think that just putting the transfer success office in place and also the work that's being done on our campuses at Sarasota and St. Pete in the realm of transfer success, we all have just done a really good job of focusing on how do we support our transfer students and leaving behind the thought process of, okay, this is what we're doing for freshmen. And now how do we just simply adapt that for transfer students and now really having transfer students at the center of the programming at all three of our campuses and the collaborative work that's being done as one USF to focus on transfer students and meeting their unique needs. I think it's really important as well for us to shift the conversation to what are our institutions doing to meet the needs of transfer students. And I think uh, in the realm of, of student success in general, we tend to often want to focus very heavily on how we can change the behaviors of students instead of, frankly, working on how do we change the behaviors, the structures, the practices, the policies, uh, and mindset of our own universities and colleges, which to me is how we make 
the significant and permanent change that's sustainable um, by putting those things in place, really looking at what we can do and, and taking a lot of this spotlight off of, of changing the behaviors of our students. Because to your point, our, our students are ready. They're ready in many respects. And the challenges that they have really uh, oftentimes have very little to do with anything they're doing or not doing, but more to do with how we're set up to receive them so that they're successful. You know, I, I, I was actually uh, uh, discussing this very topic with a, a friend of mine uh, who works at Disney, of all places. And we were talking about this idea of being ready. And uh, she said, you know, they don't open the park every day until they know that they're ready to bring the guests into the park and they're ready for each guest to be able to have an experience that day that is not only crafted to their individual kind of desires to what a good Disney day is, but that the Disney folks are already res- ready for them to guide that process so that there aren't any missing pieces. And it sounds like that's what Fuse does a lot. That is that is a change in thinking because that's uh, that changes from when you and I went to college and they did the look to your left, look to your right, a couple of you ain't going to be here. Uh, anymore, which uh, I always felt was very reductionist thinking. So um, uh, I had a conversation with one of your colleagues, Jennifer Bravo, down at um, FIU, and we talked about the incredible diversity of uh, their student body down in terms of their transfer students, uh, even coming from all over the world and transferring into FIU. At USF, what does the transfer student population look like? Uh, Maybe some unique stories or or some ideas of uh, where all of your transfer students are coming from? Well, I can certainly tell you that our transfer population is much more racially and ethnically diverse than our students who attend right from high school, what's typically referred to as FTIC students. So that's one of the the beautiful things about the transfer population is that there's just a wide range of, of diversity there. And then also I think that the transfer population also has a wide range of diverse experiences that they bring to the table and that they bring in the classroom and in the learning environment as well, which I think also adds to the overall experience of students, no matter if you're a transfer or or FTIC student. Also for students that are coming through the FUSE program, you you talked about a story and and one of the things that pops in my mind is that our FUSE students already have the network. So as we all know, even when we graduate from school, how important it is to form networks. And, And oftentimes, if you have a really good connected network, both professionally and and personally, it works to your benefit. And I can recall a, I can't remember exactly what school, what, what a Florida College System school this student came from, but I do know that an advisor reached out to me because of our relationship that we had through the FUSE program and said, you know, we'll, we'll just say the student's name is Jane. You know, well, we have Jane that's at USF. She's in the FUSE program. She's really excited to be there. She's already met with all the folks that she needed to meet with. And I know this isn't your area. But do you have any contacts or or somebody that can talk to her a little bit about housing for transfer students? And I love the fact that we were working on behalf of this student without her even having to ask uh, because of the network that we built 
through the FUSE program, an advisor was able to reach out to me and then in turn, I was able to get the student connected with the right people to assist her with something she didn't even ask us for. But because she disclosed this information to a past advisor, I think it just speaks to the work that has to be done at the sending institution where she had a really great relationship with the advisor there. So even though she made it to USF, because we, when she was at that institution, she was getting advised by her current advisor and then also the advisors here. And she knew that we all had this type of network together. So I think that that was a pretty powerful thing to me that we were working on behalf of a student without them having to ask. And I just thought, you know, how great would it be if we were able to really scale this? It reminds me of how when we go online and we search for things and then we go to something else and then that on the side of the screen, we get a pop-up for something because we were just looking at it. On a, They're watching us all the time. It's like, oh, I could use this at 20% off, so to speak. So I, I just think there's a wonderful thing that comes from when institutions are actually partnering and working together for the benefit of transfer students. Some really great things come from that. Oh, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. If, if a student uh, receives services that they didn't even know that they needed or they, they had yet to ask for, it really makes them feel seen, I think, um, that, they, that they, you know, hey, they were thinking about me. It's kind of what I try to do when I leave, uh, you know, some flowers for my wife before I go to work. You know, I want to make sure she knows that I'm thinking about her. Um, so, so what kind of data is associated with, with FUSE that you find personally impressive? Uh, we love data around the Florida Consortium and, and Florida in general. I absolutely am a big fan of data as well. But I will say with a program like ours, and because we have to share data between institutions, it is challenging. Michael, the overwhelming majority of the work that we do with the data is quite manual. So that's why we're, yes, yes. So that's why we're looking to increase our ability to to take away the manual process and get funding to support things being automated. So it's it's just a, a very challenging thing when we're literally working off of Excel spreadsheets for our FUSE population. I can tell you that the FUSE population is around uh, 4% of the total transfer population. So it's it's not a very large population right now, but like I said before, you know, it's only for a specific amount of students who are looking to do work in the, the programs that we offer and able to meet the requirements of the program. How do you think FUSE helps, uh, let's say, underrepresented populations when it comes to perhaps college access or accessing some of those academic programs that have traditionally been less likely to uh, have um, uh, a more diverse representation? I think it's impacted um, those populations in that we've provided access. I think that this program provides access in ways that may not have been attainable if we didn't have this program. As I mentioned before, the FUSE program is much more diverse than our incoming class of students who attend here right out of high school. So for me, I think the biggest thing that pops into my mind is the ability to have access. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an important part of uh, any transition program is to, to make sure that uh, students, uh, whether they come from low-income families or, or um, minority populations that we've typically, you know, uh, kind of kept out of the system, uh, the better that we can help them uh, ultimately get to college and, and get those uh, high-target, high-value degrees. 
that's a game changer when it comes to social capital and, and also to in terms of just our families and helping uh, to kind of infuse that kind of uh, lifelong uh, wealth that will then been passed on. Because we all know uh, for a student uh, that completes their college degree, the chances that their children are going to complete a college degree go up infinitely mm-hmm. when you compare uh, those families. Um, you know, I was, both of us were the first in our families to go to college. It's almost a foregone conclusion that our kids are going to go to college, right? So... Um, so if there's one thing you could do to improve the FUSE program, what would it be? It's data. <laughs> data. Yeah. 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 Like it would absolutely be, yeah, the, the, it would absolutely be data. It would be a significant investment in the technology that we have to improve the data. Uh, because I, I believe that we have the largest amount of partners in the state for the enhanced two plus two. And so you are familiar with, of course, the two plus two, and then the mandate mm-hmm. that every single SUS had to have uh, enhanced two plus two. And all three of our uh, universities in the consortium, we already had the enhanced two plus two. But I'm, I'm fairly certain that that no one else has eight partnerships that they're managing with eight community colleges, eight state system colleges rather. So just the ability to adequately invest in the data technology so we can more accurately track who's in the pipeline, who's actually here, um, look at trend data, just overall reporting, pull operational data very easily. Um, without it being a heavy lift, and it is. It, it's quite a heavy lift any time that we need to get our hands on data, and then we always make sure that when we report it, we say, you know, please keep in mind that, you know, this is done manually and there is a, a margin of error here. So without a doubt, it would be uh, the investment in the technology for data tracking. Well, Scott, we need to put that on the checklist for any future investments for some of our partners. Faye, this has been a, a great talk. Is there anything we didn't cover that you were hoping I was going to ask you? No, I, I didn't really have anything that I thought that uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about. So that was good. Good. Well, we hope that this is always a, a wide-ranging and encompassing uh, discussion about these transition points. And um, Faye, I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's it's late on a Friday afternoon as we record this, so you know, you could have been trying to slide out of the office, but you spent an hour with us to, to talk transfer, and that's great. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you've just heard from Dr. Faye Howard from the University of South Florida. Join us next time when we're going to make another transition and discuss student success. Um, just want to remind everyone that our past episodes are located on our page. You can you can either go to the floridaconsortium.com and uh, follow some of the links there. Or, um, Scott, where else can they find uh, the podcast? Well, we're, where you get your favorite podcasts, so you can name any of the 10 streaming services that we're on right now, the music streaming services, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, and we're at rss.com, and all you have to do is search Florida Consortium, and you'll find us there. Wow. So uh, after you're done listening to your Throwback Thursday playlist on Spotify, just pop on over and listen to a quick hit of uh, transition uh, discussion with uh, all sorts of great guests. Well, thanks for joining us, and thank you for supporting the Florida Consortium, where we turn learning into talent for Florida's future. Goodbye for now.